This is Jeremy Kennedy, Bellator Featherweight, and you're listening to the Pro Sports Podcasters. We are the Pro Sports Podcasters, where no sport is left behind. It's time for another episode of the Pro Sports Podcasters with your hosts, Nee Wallace Bruce, Corbert Durand, and Justin Williams. On this podcast, we have guests from all over the world covering every sport from artistic gymnastics to weightlifting. We have something for every sports fan on PSP. Whether your interests are the athletes playing the game, the coaches, or the media, we've got you covered. Fun and informative, honest and engaging. You won't want to miss a single episode. So let's kick this off. Welcome back to the Pro Source Podcasters. I'm your co-host, Mr. Nee Wallace-Bruce, a.k.a. NWB, and I'm joined by Mr. Corby Durant, a.k.a. Kobe. Kobe, how you doing? I'm solid, buddy. I'm solid. How's it going? I'm good. I'm good because we got our, our third member back, Justin. Justin Williams. Justin, where are you in Canada right now? Today, I'm in good old Ontario living the dream. How about you guys? Hey, we're living the dream too, and we don't want to wake up. But if we did, we probably want to wake up in Hawaii where it's a lot warmer than we are, and that's where our guest comes from today. He is a fighter in the Bellator MMA competition. He just celebrated a birthday, and he's raring to go. So let's get into it with the one and only Kai Kamaka. Kai, how are you? I'm doing good. Yeah, just happy to be able to, you know, be interviewed like this and just grateful for life, grateful to be on this podcast talking to you guys. Fantastic. Now, you had a fight towards the end of last year. Do you have any uh, fights lined up for 2023, or is it too early to say? Um, I don't have any fights yet, but... If I can get booked right away within the next next hour, next day, or next week, I mean, I'd be very happy to get booked right away and get 2023 started. That's right. That's what we want to hear. Yeah, Kai, you fought in a number of different promotions. How does Bellator compare to the other promotions you've fought in? You know, I'll be I'll be honest. I I fought in yeah I fought in a bunch of pretty well organized organizations, um, promotions, and. You know, they're all in their class of its own, I would say. I mean, you have obviously UFC, Bellator, the last two promotions I've competed for. Bellator is well, well, they treat me well. They, you know, they, they pay me well. They do everything that we need as fighters. And then if I can talk about the UFC, the UFC is just the beast. You know, it's, it's the beast. It's, it's, it's like, it's going to be hard to compete with on different levels. You know, just they they have a much more bigger, bigger beast. They have a much more bigger um, roster of not only fighters, but they have a bigger roster of employees. So they just have a lot more to work with on their on their side. But as far as the fight, it's fighting itself. The every, I think it matches up pretty well. I mean, promotions, you know, they they match up pretty well. If they take care of you, they pay you well. They give you a platform to fight on. They pay you well enough to have this as your profession then you know i can't complain but there 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 are differences but none that really matter as far as the fight itself and how do you feel about the the fighters they've matched you up with do you feel like they were like reasonable contest for your skill yeah i would say so i think i mean my my first fight um or are you talking about the bellator ufc bellator specifically bellator yeah um I think I think they have matched me, you know, well right right off the back, and you know they 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 seen where I came from, they seen how 
you know how how I perform and what kind of fights I can deliver and you know they try to put me to the test right away with John De Jesus which is a kickboxer and then I went right right to you know one of the top ranked guys in Justin Gonzalez I lost a split decision you know which I thought I thought I won and then then I kind of took a then I had this last guy Kevin Mom um all all well well matched fights and you know I'm just going to keep climbing how did it feel to get that finish against Bohm? Um, yeah, it, it it felt good. It felt good. It felt good to just to end the year off strong. Work on a lot of things that people don't see that I was working on. Working on um, that you might it might not even be visible to the eye, but just getting in there, practicing your warm up, practicing your controlling your emotions, controlling controlling your breathing. Uh, that's all kind of stuff that you don't be able, you, you're not able to practice until it's fight time. And it was good to do that, come out with a win, finish strong in the in the third round. Yeah, it just it felt good. I mean, Kevin Bohm, he was just a guy that night, but I was just happy to work on a lot of things that I was working on for the prior the six months prior to get back into the cage. Nice, nice. Hey, first off, it's an honor to speak with you. Huge fan. I was watching you perform. Uh, against Bo and against Gonzalez as well. But now to kind of switch gears just ever so slightly, your relative, Ray Cooper, do uh-huh. you guys train together? Especially because he fights in the PFL. So do you guys train by chance? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, we all train. When I'm in Hawaii, I mean, yeah, I, I train in, we all train at um, their family house. And that that's where we, that's where everything happens. That's where all our training happens. And he's he's always in my corner and he's one like he has a big influence on my career in in general in my life in general mindset and yes we we do we do train together perfect now touching on like to kind of carry on with the uh influencing part is he talking in your ear about potentially going to the pfl then um he he always has i mean it's always like you know it's a, <laughs> it's always it's it's always another you know an, another option it's like obviously it would be a luxury to be competing in the same organization he was talking to talk to me about it before i went to the ufc and then um and then after my transition when i left the ufc uh when in negotiations at bellator they were somebody that i that was on the table so when i was gonna get signed to or that when i when i announced that I was getting signed to Bellator. I was actually with PFL. I think my cousin fought Rory McDonald that weekend. And mm-hmm. uh, I, w- I was I had a meeting with Ray Seffo and that same weekend I had um FaceTime meeting with Scott Poker while I was in Florida for um, my cousin's Rory McDonald fight. And then mm-hmm. yeah, so he's obviously had a big influence on my on my career and like been a voice about going to the PFL. Oh, and would you ever consider jumping ship eventually, or are you kind of stuck with, or not stuck, but you're happy with Bellator, right? Uh, yeah, I'm happy with where I'm at. Um, but as as you know, the the game is kind of slightly changing. To you know, free agency, free agency is a big thing, and I'm yeah. gonna do what's always best for my family and best for my career at that at that time. You know, always looking ahead as far as like what's in the best interest of me but i feel like now that the, the landscape is changing of mma promotions every promotion is always going to be on the table right if if if, it, if it's in the best interest of you and your family 
Yes. And that's kind of where everyone kind of has to go with that. They need to really understand what's best for themselves, their family. And yes, a paycheck is a paycheck. However, it really depends if you're going to to make it to that. Like everyone goes to the UFC because it is the biggest promotion. But from what we've heard, we've interviewed a lot of, of MMA athletes. It's kind of like UFC pays well if you're like in the top echelon. But if you're not there or you're not a needle mover, you're better off going elsewhere, which is – I'm glad to hear that Bellator doesn't do that with, with athletes and the PFL doesn't do that. So – To touch up on that thought, I mean, that, like like what I was saying earlier, right? The UFC is the beast. So they always have – I feel like they they always have like a little upper hand on negotiations. But after you went to the UFC, you're, I mean, your negotiations with other promotions like – changes heightens because you weren't to the UFC you know so yeah um, it, it helps you I, I would say that from my point of view you know I came from the UFC so obviously negotiations with other people with other promotions are going to change um, you know because the experience I would say that that gives gives me a little bit upper hand rather than somebody trying to get signed to a pro- another promotion not coming from the UFC. Well, that and the fact, too, you also have a fight of the night from the UFC, so that's kind of always good to pad your record with. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's that, w- that was a fun one. It was indeed. Yeah. When you got the initial call-up to the UFC, was it a like a, a multi-fight contract? Or did you Were you called up for one fight? How'd that happen? Uh, no, yeah. I, I don't think the UFC does um, one-fight deals. Um, I was called up for um, a multi-fight deal. Okay, and it wasn't a last-minute thing, correct? No, it, it, the fight was last-minute, yes. Oh, okay, so your first fight. Yeah, the fight was on four days' notice. Oh, shit. Yeah, that was on UFC 252. Um, DPA and DC was the main event. Yeah, that's that's a huge that's a huge event to be on, man. That's awesome. Yeah, Cheeto Vera fought Sean O'Malley. Um, there's, a, there's quite a few good ones on that one. And have you always fought at featherweight? No, I did. I only fought at featherweight one fight before the UFC fight, before the UFC debut. Okay, okay. So, how hard is it for you to make weight now? Um, it's actually I, I got it, I got it down pretty well. I walk around like one sixty five to about sixty eight, but with with a you know it doesn't take me too long to get. To get to where I need to be to make 145 within a short period of time. Okay, so it's not a hard cut for you. No, not not not, not at all. And plus, too, I'm all, I'm always training, so it's not like I ever get my body is like out of shape. My body is I don't think my body is ever out of shape. Okay, so taking a fight on short notice is not difficult for you. No, not not at all. Ah, see, that's that's a bonus, I think, right? I, I think if you're always ready to fight, then you have more opportunities throughout the year. Have you had any, like, yeah. serious injuries at all in your career? Um, I did when I was at a lower weight class. That's what made me move up. I was at 135, and I would get a lot of injuries. Just, yeah, I, I, had, a lot, I had a bunch of shoulder surgeries during, during that time at 135, which kind of caused me to just stop cutting that much weight. It would improve my practices. It would improve my physical well-being, you know, where, to where I can train, which also helped my mental well-being. Be, um, fighting got a lot more fun again. And, you know, then, then my performances started getting better again. Do you feel stronger at 145? Oh, yeah. Well, uh, way stronger. Really? It's, it's that noticeable for you? Yes, it, it is. Especially on a day-to-day basis as well. 
um i, I you know just practicing every day like yeah i'm able to keep keep up which you know eventually makes fight week more enjoyable which also which means i can perform better in the fight yeah i think there's a like there's a massive debate about the benefits and the negatives to cutting a lot of weight and i mean i always look toward frankie edgar as an example of someone who really didn't cut weight because the opportunity wasn't there for him he walked around at the the lowest weight class at the time and became champion so i think i think cutting times can be a little bit over over exaggerated as far as the benefits that are available to you as a result of doing that and obviously you've seen that you're stronger and a better fighter at 145 so kudos to you but. yeah and i think i was at 135 at the ending of like my beginning of my adulthood right and then i you just keep growing keep maturing your body matures so obviously it's it's gonna get harder but also i think weight cutting is case to case because i see guys that like kill themselves that to make weight but they they do well in the fight so you know you cannot you cannot you cannot say it you know if, if it works works that's just i think that's in life in general if it works for you it works for you not everything's gonna work for everybody just because it works for one guy Sign up to SoRare, the ultimate fantasy sports NFT platform. Scout, collect, and trade officially licensed digital player cards with other fans in our open marketplace. Create teams with cards from your collection and earn points based on your players' real-life performances to compete in a variety of fantasy sports competitions. SoRare is a game that you can play this season, and the next, and the next, and the next. It's almost like a a dynasty spin on fantasy. This is something that is available in formats such as NBA, MLB, and also football, the world game. So what are you waiting for? Get involved, get in the game, get some cards, and have some fun. Oh, did I tell you it's free, by the way? Yes. All you have to do is sign up. Kobe showed me. It's, it's really that simple. You just sign up, create an account, and then you can start playing. And if you want to go a little bit harder and purchase some limited, rare, or unique cards, you can do that too. But at a base level, this is really just a free, fun way to play with your mates and show who's really in the know when it comes to sports. Because Process Podcasters, we know our thing. But so rare is a chance to go up against us and see who really is the smartest in the room. So hit the link in the show notes, and we'll see you on So Rare. Own your game and that's the thing so everyone's different everyone's unique everyone has their own kind of way of adapting and moving forward when it comes to any situation especially regarding training weightlifting and just kind of cutting in, in general like for instance i know people who like mma fighters who are like yeah man i cut out sugar and that's all i need to do others are like i live on the on like cardio machines so bodies are different things suck and if you have a format that works for you god bless you but also kind of moving forward now let's talk about a bit of a harder subject what do you personally, Kai, take from the losses you've had? Like, what have you gained from those losses? There's a lot. I mean, I, you know, there, I've had some funky losses and I feel like those funky losses kind of dictated my, 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 the ending of my career as far as like, um, you know, where, where I'm at, but they also made me a better man just to, you know, a lot of things are out of my control and I only can do the best I can at that, at, you know, in every day and i've lost some close fights but that just made me hungrier to get better than I, or 
on things that I, I needed to get better at, but also things that I was already good at. I just needed to get better. And I, I feel like I'm going to be a world champion. Um, I, I, I can see it. And in order for me to do that, I can't let the, I cannot focus on my losses. I only can worry about winning. Yes, that is true. You said you can see yourself being a world champion. Kai, do you manifest? Um, I don't, I don't, I, I mean, I don't manifest. I, I, I bust my butt every day. You know, I wake up every day <laughs> putting, putting in the work and that, that's, that's how I see it. All right. I mean, that works. So again, whatever works for you. Uh, do you do most of your training in Hawaii or do you like jump around different state, different state? I, right now, the past six months I've been in Hawaii, but I go, I go to Vegas in about three weeks for a chunk of time. And do you take the family with you? Um, not, not this time. They will not be with me. They'll be in Hawaii. How is it to train with a wife and four kids in your life? Like, is that, uh, do, you, do you have a lot of time? Do you, do you start benching kids at this point? Like, what do you do? <laughs> um, it, it's, it's challenging, but it's also fun because they, they love to be on this ride of, uh, you know, on, on what I do. They love to watch fights every weekend. And, um, yeah, they, they, they're along for the ride with me. My wife's, my wife's, uh, she's been with me half my life. So, you know, you know, she's been through everything as far as that high, um, college wrestling to the amateurs to, you know, to, to the, to the top of this sport. And, you know, she's going to continue to be with me. It's challenging, you know, kids are challenging, especially at the, at the young ages that we have them right now. But, um, I mean, I think it's, it's, it's all good for, it's all been great for, to make me a better person, to be more hungry about what I want to do it and how, you know, it helps me get up every day to where, you know, I'm, I'm not second guessing what I'm doing. It makes me just more hungry for what I want. And that's exactly it. You have a, a purpose and a reason to fight for. Not like you didn't before, but now you have four additional reasons. And that can always be something which taps into some type of mental fortitude, which was never there previously. Uh, my last question to you before I pass it off to Kobe again. When you're getting ready for a fight, how much fight tape do you watch of your opponent? And do you adjust your style to their weaknesses? Yeah, good, good question. Because... I'm always watching tape. I'm always watching tape in general of just any fighter, any fighter, any things I like on a lot, on a lot of different fighters. But as far as the guy that I'm going to fight at that time, if I happen to watch it a few times, I might happen to watch like maybe a fight, a, a couple fights, but more, not more than a few days, like, you know, like a few times watching it. The rest I leave to my coaches and that's it. And and then, you know, things are going to be repetitively set repeatedly said of what I should look out for, what are things that we got to do. And it comes out in the work that my coach, you know, in the, in the actual implementing of a camp to where these things all make sense to the fight. And as far as style, I don't really change my style for the particular fighter. I change the, the style changes on the way I fight based on how much I've been learning, how much I've been growing. Um, you know, my improvements will, will show, and then um, that's on them to adjust during the fight because I don't prepare for a specific guy. I prepare to be, you know, a better version of myself every time. So if you're watching, if you're upset over tape of my last fight and the previous fights, yeah, you've already lost me because I, I've, I've gotten better. I've worked on new things and I'm always evolving. So, and that's, that's just the way I see it. I'm always evolving. So if you're watching too much tape of my last fight or the fight, a few fights before, I'm already ahead. Perfect. We love that. 
Yeah, Kyle, I wanted to ask you, if, if you weren't doing MMA, what would you be doing? I'd still be doing this. <laughs> I mean, I grew up, I, I grew up in this um, industry since I, since I was born. My uncles are fighting since, yeah, since, since 95. And, you know, I was born in 95 and Hawaii, Hawaii MMA, it has a, plays a big part in the sport, sports history. And I was glad to, I mean, I'm glad that I got to grow up alongside it and witness it, you know, in front of my eyes. And, um, I just feel like if I wasn't doing this, I'd still be doing this. And luckily, my 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 uncle Ray, you know, he he exposed us to it at a young age, not not purposefully, and he wishes he didn't. But you know, I'm I'm glad that he did because uh, it, you know, it's it's anything everything that I could have dreamed of. Do you expect your kids to follow your footsteps? Um, I don't I don't know. I I got I got three girls and and a boy. Um. A two-year-old boy right now, and man, he he loves fighting. He loves he loves everything about it. He you know, but I don't, I don't know. I I think I I wouldn't expect him to, but because it's not something that you you know, it's not something you gotta you, you can push on somebody. They gotta mm-hmm. love it. I mean, or not? Because it's a hard sport. It's a hard life, especially the MMA MMA life. There's a lot of stuff to learn. There's a lot. I mean, it's ever evolving. And you're, you. I feel like you gotta love it. You gotta love it hard, because um, it's a rough. It can be a rough road. Now you've got a wrestling base from college. Is is wrestling big in Hawaii or no? Um, it's growing. It's growing. I feel like it, it's it's constantly growing. And but I, I wouldn't say it's as big as other states. Obviously, um, we're just not a big state in general. But martial arts is big here. I mean, you got you obviously got surfing jiu-jitsu and re- wrestling i mean not wrestling but wrestling is is growing and then you got like hawaii's a big boxing big boxing state too so oh really yeah big martial arts state in general and i was just brought up around my uncle ray was a wrestler and mma was always our thing so wrestling was the wrestling was the base that he had wrestling and boxing so how important is it for you to represent hawaii when you step into the cage Oh, it's important, and I think what's more important for me, as a for, as a Hawaii fighter, is to represent a well-rounded. You know, I'm a wrestler from Hawaii. I'm a wrestler, boxer from Hawaii, and that's that's be as skilled and well-rounded as the rest of the world. And is fighting in Hawaii like is it a big deal for you, or do you do you not care where you fight? I mean, I I, I don't I don't care I don't care where I, where I fight. I mean, it's cool and and whatnot to to be able to. Be a professional athlete and fight in, fight locally in Hawaii. As far as like when Bellator comes, but I don't really care. I like to travel. I like to be zoned in from the time I get on the plane to the time I get back um, back on the rock. You know, it's it's. I feel like that's a luxury as well to be able to travel the world and fight. You know, not everybody's blessed to be able to do what they love for a living. And you know, I just like the, I like to be able to travel and fight, no matter where it is, South Dakota to Connecticut, you know, to Las Vegas. Um, it, it doesn't matter to me as long as I get to do what I love for a living. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. And, you, and you've got one fight in the LFA promotion, which to me is one of the best sort of feeder promotions, period. Like you see a lot of great fighters come through there. How did that fight come about? That was during COVID. So my ma- my, my manager just asked me about, about that fight because I was supposed to go to Vegas for the UFC already. You know, and then, but then that fight came out first. So, um, against the undefeated guy, 
and yeah so we took that opportunity first to to just push our push um the envelope towards the ufc again make a stronger case okay okay so it's a it was a career move basically yeah it was and you came out on top so obviously it was a good one yeah yes it definitely was a good one for your career uh before we get you out of here have you i'm gonna ask you it's a question we ask all the time so it might sound a little weird at first but just bear with me have you ever been to canada no i haven't but um my one of my best friends is from canada it's part of the reason why i'm going to vegas is to get into like a mini training camp for myself but also uh, help out one of my friends jeremy kennedy who i'll be traveling to ireland with and cornering him so hopefully i'll make it there someday all right on well i hope you do so have you ever had by chance a dish called poutine no i haven't <laughs> okay so poutine is basically it's canadian concept if you will it's fries cheese curds and gravy okay it's a very basic but you can also customize it like kobe puts i don't know like pork or bacon on his or whatever and some people go for the vegetarian option you can add pulled pork it's really really cool and if you ever come to canada you kind of have to try one. Oh yeah the sounds that good and, and that and a beaver tail those are two pretty good delicacies i'll have to ask my, my boy jeremy about it oh he'll probably give you the whole rundown <laughs> and before we let you go where can our fans find you on social media? Find me on Instagram and Twitter at Kai Boy Kamaka, K-A-I-B-O-I Kamaka on Instagram and Twitter. Perfect. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. For even more of your favorite sports content, be sure to visit the website www.prosportspodcasters.com. On our website, you will find our sports blog, full podcast library, access to our YouTube channel, and deals from our affiliate partners. You can also sign up to become a PSP Insider and get exclusive access to our Insider Tips, Sponsor Giveaways, and Insider Newsletter. So don't miss out on the full Pro Sports Podcasts experience, where no sport is left behind.